Welcome to the third issue of Comic Tating, presented by Nerdables and sponsored by Earth 2 Comics. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, everyone? Sebastian and I are here again at Earth 2 Comics Northridge this week to review the highlights of the DC Comics Rebirth event, week three. We've got a solid run of DC Comics the last uh, week, and we're, we're going to tell you whether this week compares as well. Um, speaking of solid week, the first full week of DC Rebirth was last, uh, last week's, and from all accounts... Huge success, sold out at a lot of shops all over the place. Um, seemed to get some critical acclaim online as well. We, you know, we said we, there really wasn't a bad one in the bunch. We didn't think so. Four big books last week. Um, I enjoyed all of them. I got a chance to read Green Arrow, and I actually really liked it. Okay. I, I thought it was really good. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm actually excited again for Green Arrow. So uh, this week we've got a couple of big titles. Four sevenths of the classic Justice League lineup is represented this week. We have Action Comics and Detective Comics returning to their legacy numbering. And writer Greg Rucka is returning to Wonder Woman, a title that he had a long run on a few years ago. And we're actually going to start there, and I'm going to turn it over to Sebastian and have him start his review of Wonder Woman Rebirth number one. So Wonder Woman Rebirth number one is a very interesting issue. I, I like that they're covering a little bit of her origin right at the beginning, and they talk about the God of War stuff from the previous arc to the Finch, the Finch's arc from uh, David Finch and his wife doing the writing and the artistry together. So this covers a little bit from before that. They talk about Ares God of War, how Wonder Woman has sort of taken on the mantle. And then the story gets really interesting about what what is Wonder Woman's purpose. And that's when we jump into the rebirth idea about characters figuring out that something is very wrong. And there's a very interesting scene where she uses the lasso on herself And that's how the journey for her begins to figure out that something has been wrong with the universe. And especially this week, the the books have been sort of building to the idea that a lot of these characters are going to start remembering the previous universe, the pre-New 52 universe. And it gets more interesting when you realize that the odd man out seems to really be Superman by the time you get through the books from this week and from last week that Superman and Lois Lane are are really not part of the universe more than everybody else's. Yeah, I think is whether it's intentional or not, there is a kind of common theme through the five books that were released this week in that they do play on the issues that were brought up in DC Re- DC Universe Rebirth number 1 of what the new 52 is, what the changes were, how they happened, who they happened to, so on and so forth. And of course, we have Wonder Woman which had a big change in New 52 and that her entire origin was changed to being the physical daughter of Zeus and Queen... I always get her name wrong. Hippolyta. Hippolyta. There we go. Um, Rather than being that the classic tale of her being made out of clay and having life breathed into her, both of those origins are presented here as Diana, our present-day Diana, isn't exactly sure what her origin is. What's the truth? What's the truth? This book is big on what is the truth? What are the facts? There's a great shot very early where it says the truth, you know, she, it's an internal dialogue in Diana, and she said the truth matters, and the panel is of her lasso. Right. Almost a foreshadow to, as you mentioned, what she'll do to herself by wrapping her arm in the in the lasso and trying to find the truth. Um, her story keeps changing. She brings it up over and over again. In a way, almost a way of, of talking about 
how in comics our truth, our canon, our continuity continues to change. Yes. And Diana's changed huge in New 52, and now they're trying to find a way whether we're going to bring it back to the classic, whether we're going to accept the New 52 reality of her origin, or is there something else? And there's a there's a lot of hints that there's something going on. The, the story that um, Liam Sharp, who does half the book here uh, with writer Greg Rucka and Matthew Clark does the other half, uh, Liam Sharp's tales, as it's a rotating artist with Nicola Scott as we go into the regular issue, is that it's called Lies. And it's about her, uh, Greg Rucka said the story is about her discovering the lies of her past, the truth of her past. As we discover truths, we also discover lies. Um, there's a, in a way, using her confusion as a, as a retcon or a reset to further the story that we're going to be seeing uh uh, going on, I like the way that they use Matthew Clark to kind of do the art in the quote present day. Yes, um, the the sort of continuation of the New Fifty Two type of Diana, and then it goes into Liam Sharp as she goes back to. Uh, uh, I don't think she goes to Themyscira. She goes to Olympus. She goes correct? to Olympus. She goes to Olympus. So in the movie outfit that has been more styled to the pre New Fifty Two outfit. And what's what's fascinating about this? Is the journey begins. She does lasso herself, but she sees herself in the pre-New 52 continuity. She sees events from Rucka's run in that book. And that's that that is that is the one thing is uh so Wonder Woman is starting to remember. You've got characters like the Flash starting to remember and these books are all connected because a lot of these are sort of one-shot lead-ins to the main series. And the idea is that okay, so a lot of these characters are starting to fit they're starting to recall events from their past, especially when you look at the Wonder Woman page. You've got stuff from the Silver and Golden Age. Uh, she's fighting Cheetah, and she's in her classic costume. You've got Greg Rucka's run. There's a lot of stuff in here. Who are the odd men or women out in this universe? And I don't mean that as the who they're going to get rid of, but who doesn't belong and the bigger mystery of who's changing things and why. It brings up that common theme of in a way, if very owning the idea that you are going to make some changes, some tweaks, some some things are going to meld, some things aren't going to meld, which the New 52 tried to do in a way that was very kind of ham-fisted. Very um, inorganic. Yeah, you know, there were some that we saw pieces drop in and out, but this the story is the pieces that are dropping in and out. Yes. The histories that are now kind of melding, and we'll get to that in a minute as we get to our second book, of what do these characters remember, what do they not remember, and what does that mean? You know, what did they lose? What are they going to gain back? So there are little pieces, I think, in all of the books that connect to this larger um, this larger tapestry of what we saw in that, that universe rebirth number one. Um, in terms of quality-wise, it's still good to see Rucka back. The yes. language in this is yes. fantastic. I mean, just he's, he's such an awesome writer. Um, the quality shift was noticed right away from, I mean, and, and that's not to necessarily say because a lot of writers do have different writing styles, but the, the dialogue, the attention to detail is very Rucka-esque, and I'm biased because Rucka's run on Wonder Woman is one of my favorite next to George Perez's run. But when you read this book and you compare it to the previous series, there is a huge shift in tone and yeah, I think tone's one of the tone is things, the big yeah. one, but but also just dialogue. Even though I didn't, uh, I wasn't digging on Green Arrow too much from last week. The the dialogue and the tone of the characters was so spot on and something that was greatly missed. And in this book, it's like okay, I f I'm feeling Wonder Woman in this book again. Yeah, the internal dialogue in this obviously is Diana to herself, and it's just it's written really really well. Um, 
and then again to get the art to see Liam Sharp come back. He's he's been gone for a while. I can't remember the last thing he did. Liam Sharp's been gone for a while. Greg Rucka has been doing his own thing for a while. How how yeah. how they got him back is a mystery that I want to know. Actually, it's a mystery that that whether we know it or not, I don't care. Yeah, as I don't care. He's there, I, you know, it's it's one of the books that I think when when we got to the um, presentation event at WonderCon. That was the book that I think a lot of people were just like, that's one that clicked that. That's right. that's exciting. Greg Ruck was back. Yeah, Greg Ruck is back. Liam Sharp's back. I'm a big Liam Sharp fan. Um, he did a run on Punisher for a long time. Uh, ins and outs that was really well done. And Nicola Scott's doing the the other issue. Wonder Woman will be one of those titles that is uh, biweekly starting. Uh, I think it starts this month. I think it starts in two weeks. Um, Liam will be doing one issue and then Nicola Scott will be doing the other nice. as they go back and forth. So it's an exciting time. You've got two great artists to work with Rucka, which wouldn't one of the joys of having someone who is um, whether you want to call it a superstar writer or a quality writer, someone with uh, some some pull is that you get really great artists that want to work with him or her. In this case with Rucka, he's got Nicola Scott and Liam Sharp to come back and do it, which I'm sure part of the appeal for both of those artists is to come and do a Rucka script. So super excited for this book. This is, I think, a great start. It's uh, It does what a lot of these specials really hope to do, which is kind of reset and give that base uh, almost a point to jump off um, so that uh, we can go forward with this kind of setup and we can get into these number ones kind of hitting the ground running and I think the book does it really well and another book that does it well second book we're going to talk about is Flash Rebirth um, you, can, Flash. you can take the Flash yes take the Flash uh, Flash yeah writer Josh, uh, Joshua Williamson and you should do the artist because you did a great job on it. I, I hope I'm not butchering his his incredibly Italian name, amazingly Italian. Carmine de Giandomencio. I hope I have, I hope have not butchered that name. Is it, but, is it Mencio or yeah. Menico? Yeah, it, it, it could be one or the other. And yeah. I apologize profusely. I'm if almost fifty percent Italian, and I got it wrong. So I may have got it wrong, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, Again, another book that I think a lot of people are really excited for, seeing Joshua Williamson come on and, and do the story for this. Uh, the book opens, you use a current murder, murder that is very reminiscent of the murder of Barry's mother. And that kind of establishes Barry's background. Uh, it establishes his present as a CSI. It establishes his background as to kind of what happened to him as a child. Um, and then you get a very quick origin tale. So it's a nice just kind of setup. Uh, what I really liked in this book, besides the, 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 the this book will show you, again, if you've read DC Universe Re Rebirth number one, um, Wally West comes back. That scene is expanded upon in here. Um, it's very much that the story that we have going forward in terms of what the New 52 is, what it was, how it happened, who's manipulating these events, seems to be a Barry and, and Barry and Bruce. Wally story. Yeah, and yeah. Bruce. And Bruce, because it's Barry goes to see Bruce, and we see we see that small scene in the cave. We see, again, an, ex, uh, an expansion of that here in this story. Right. Um, and it's the, you've got the three characters. You've got uh, Barry and Bruce working on one end of it, and then you've got Wally seeking out other people with previous connections, and they did, yeah. he's going to go look for the Titans, and uh, as you recall, or if you've not read it, the Teen Titans started to remember in one of the previous story arcs yeah, the, the Titan, life before. Yeah, the Titans Hunt story arc had a lot of clues as to where they, they were eventually going to go. Um, and the fact that the Titans in the New 52 universe who were a part of that story started to say, there's something wrong here. There's something missing. Um, 
the art I, I love the art I love this kind of art this kind of I don't even know how to, it's how not to clean. describe it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little sketchy, clean. but it's good. Yeah, it's it's got um I'm trying to think of who uh, uh what um Michael William Kaluta is doing right now. If you read his Iron Fist series from Marvel, it has a lot of that same feel. Um also love the scene with his father. Yes. The dialogue really in this is really, fantastic. Really good. It's not heavy handed, but it's fun. You really feel like they are family, they're adults in the family. Um, they talk about a couple of different things that, that Barry is is kind of confused on. His dad's offering him advice. Barry says, well, we can't really do that. His dad says, okay, well, then we need to do something else. Um, and then we get into the scene with Wally, which has been fantastic. There's humor in it in uh, something to do with Barry's costume, which is fantastic that I don't want to spoil here. Yeah, there's, a, there's some good jokes about powers that the Speed Force and users possess yeah, that, that have been that long speed, forgotten that the speed, in the New 52. Yeah, the Speed Force strings. And then we get into the cave that we saw just a glimpse of in, in DC Universe uh, uh, number one. So we've got, uh, yeah, number one, not number zero. I keep wanting to call it number zero. Yeah, it feels, it feels, it like, feels like it should zero. be a zero. Like they've done it before when they did like, you know, Countdown Zero and Crisis Zero and all the other zeros. And then... Um, There's also no books after number one either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, maybe somewhere down the road. Um, Fingers crossed. And then at the end, and again, I think a theme that a lot of these... Uh, issues this week have is the very end we get a bit of a mystery we get a villain that's sort of introduced you're not 100% sure if it's the villain you think it is um, but again like like last week just a super solid title um, a sort of a in a way a sequel to that DC Universe Rebirth number one and it's in the that most directly related. yeah it's definitely directly related to that as it uses pieces from that that issue right in there um Again, just like uh, one of the books that like for me for Flash has always been hit or miss. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of Flash stories, but I ha it's not like a character that I follow from bit to bit to bit like someone like like Green Arrow or Batman, who are some of my favorites. And it's a book that I would say I'm looking at and going, it could be interesting. Couldn't I'm not sure I'm kind of on the fence, but this rebirth makes you really want to keep going, at least for me. I mean, it made me realize that I'm really excited to now see the number one and where this story goes from here. So I guess it. it it uh, it definitely does its job in that that regard. I don't know what you felt. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think I think the the books this week, especially the crux of them, has been setting the groundwork and giving everybody the information they need to know. And it's not very heavy handed. My my biggest worry with a lot of books that are like uh, that are books that are basically to bring people up to speed is that they overload you with plot and they yeah. overload you with information and then you sacrifice storytelling to just give the audience information that they're going to need versus like no tell take your time tell the story and these books do not feel like they're crammed yeah even even a book like superman last week that we said there's a lot of information there because they're trying to kind of reset two characters completely the yes. the, the 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 classic superman that came in the new 52 that's gone and even then did it in a way where there was enough story and there was enough emotion and it was done well enough, you know, in terms of quality wise that you didn't feel like you were being forced fed. Here's a whole bunch of information. Here's, right. you know, an info dump, that sort of thing. So especially like a book like Flash or, or, or Wonder Woman, like we said, it, it's a it's a great foundation for where they're going and where they're going forward. So speaking of foundation, we're going to talk about a foundation of nine hundred and thirty three issues. Yes. Which is now continuing with the 934th issue of Detective Comics. Of course, the return to the legacy numbering, one of the big deals in New 52 was that Detective and Action Comics started over with number ones. 
Uh, management at the time said that that was the only way to prove to fans that they were serious about what they were doing. Um, as we go into Rebirth, most of these titles will get number ones, but both Action and Detective return to legacy numbering, and they return to it this week. And Detective Comics 934 starts the foundation of really like Team Batman. Yes, yes, it brings back, and it, it the the hope of Detective Comics is that you actually get a detective story, whereas Batman tends to be more focused on Batman's life and his relationships with other people and the world that he's in. Detective Comics is the more intimate book. Or at least I always, that's the feeling I've always gotten from it, especially when you look at Scott Snyder's run on Detective Comics, Paul Dini's run with Batman Detective, and this book brings it back to that. This is the farthest removed from the Rebirth uh, issue, but it's also a very good way to bring back characters and to showcase characters who've been out of the books for a while, and then were hastily brought back in the New 52. We have Cassandra Cain and the spoiler back in this book, and they've been back before, but this, book's want, this book wants to put the focus on them. Yeah, Batman and Robin Eternal reintroduced, uh, I think, both of those characters. They did. Or spoiler, maybe Spoiler was in Eternal. Spoiler was the first spoiler, one. Spoiler was in Eternal, and then Cassandra was in um, Batman and Robin Eternal. Two characters that are very beloved, two great characters that they've had. Uh, we also bring back um, Katie Kane as Batwoman. Yes. Someone who's, you know, she had her own title for a while and uh, lost that title. She's been in a couple pieces here and there. She played a part in the Eternal um, the Eternal storyline. We also get Azriel. Yes. I yes. am Azriel. Azriel's I back. I cannot read that name without thinking of the Chris Kattan <laughs> emo bit where he's in the he's in the basement. I am Azriel. And he, he's reintroduced in Batman and Robin Eternal from yes. you know, a couple months. And ago. And he's a new character. So this is yeah. this is this is this is the Azriel with sort of the look of the classic Azriel from Nightfall. But he's fresh into the universe. Yeah, he's kind of got a, a little bit. The Azrael that's in Batman and Robin Eternal is in that that same sort of vein, but it's a much more. Uh, his history is not as long. Yeah, as it it's, used definitely, to be. it's definitely a, a different. But even when you just see his name, it's like hey, Azrael, um, he's being hunted by a character that looks like Batman. Uh, we only see him in the shadows, and then Batman shows up. And the other character runs away and he saves Azrael and he discovers that there are drones, in this case, a single drone that's left behind to watch him. And he's uh, th there's definitely a a sense, again, somewhat like what we've been dealing with DC Universe Rebirth is that there's people watching these. Heroes. Yes. Watching in this case, the it gets through, yeah, the through point. It gets much more specific as we get introduced to Katie and the fact that she's being watched as well by these drones. And as he says, that there is uh, there's someone watching the vigilantes of Gotham and it leads him to build the bat team. Um, yes. His I, new set of crusaders. Yeah. Bringing everyone back together. And actually, there's a great moment here with. Batwoman and her father and her dad is very well-meaning and what I liked about the book is sort of the twist on not so much that uh, I don't want you to be a superhero sort of the the Barbara Gordon and Commissioner Gordon but I like that you know she's a soldier he's a soldier and he doesn't want her wasting her talents with Batman versus like no you're really good at this yeah you shouldn't be you shouldn't be second banana to Batman you should step up you can do so much more in the world of espionage and working with the government and and instead of like oh or even just yeah but in a sense of like working with anybody else brings her down which is an aesthetic right. dynamic very that Batman Papa. has but that's the thing is Batman has that same sort of thing you have Batman in 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 a lot of classic stories talking about how other heroes just slow him down you know partners just slow him down but this book is a partner book and this is what was exciting to me the team is made up of Bruce uh, and Katie Tim Drake 
former Robin, Red Robin, whatever you want to call it. In the classic Robin suit now. In the classic Robin suit with the RR on it. Uh, and Bruce does refer to him as a partner, a former partner. Yes. Uh, Cassandra Kane, um, why am I lose Stephanie Brown and Clayface. I'm not giving anything away because it's right on the cover. These are the type of Batman stories I really like where it's a little bit different in which he's not as as aloof and set apart and trying to, in a way, being like so standoffish with everybody. He he knows he wants to put this team together. He knows he wants to uh, be able to to not just keep an eye on them for their own good, but like they're going to do this anyway. We might as well bring them in and train them. And I'm not the one to be the training them. He, he admits it to 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 Katie that uh, or Kate. Um, you know I'm. I'm not gonna, I'm not the one that's going to be able to train them. I, you're the you're better than I am. Right, at right. That, that sort of thing. And so. it plays off of a little bit of uh, la- last week's Batman book, where he brings in uh, a new character to the book. Really, he's a character yeah, that's been around, but yeah, from Robin as well. And it's again, we're seeing this Batman who knows when he's out of his element and knows when he needs help. Yeah, and there's always an appreciative thing when Batman isn't stubborn enough. Hey, sister, someone has plans for Gotham's vigilantes. The drones have been watching all of us, not just me. I plan to take them in one by one to see if what they have it have what it takes to go alone. I've already taken one in, but you, you, I can't wait any longer. I've got to make this plan work a little bit faster. So he goes to see these different characters. Clayface being a part of it is great. We've got the 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 chance to reform a, a villain who is not as, you know, not as villainous as, as we've seen. Sam Jackson makes an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson makes an appearance, yes. Um, and then again, at the end, the reveal of, sort of the reveal of the villain, but I'll be honest, maybe it's just my ignorance. We get to the end, and we don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a character and a group that I don't recognize. Yeah, he's silhouetted, silhouetted against an army of, uh, of armored soldiers with a sort of it looks like a red bat logo it's kind of interesting bat or an insect it's a it's a fascinating logo and i didn't recognize them right off the bat and i'm sure uh if they've been around they've been around somebody else might. then somebody else might recognize them but it was they're they're different enough that i didn't pick up on it yeah so the book's written by james tinney in the fourth uh who has a lot of uh, time in the bat universe he did talon He's done um, a lot of fill-in Batman stories. He's one of the main writers of both Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal. So you have someone who knows the Batman mythos, has worked with Bruce and a number of these other characters before. So those characters are in good hands, but it does feel kind of new. It feels, you know, it feels different. We've got two Bat titles now. Scott Snyder isn't writing either of them for the first time in six years. Um, we'll be getting that later, but the two quote unquote main bat books are in new hands and it's kind of an exciting time. Eddie Barrows does the art. I love Eddie Barrows. I he's think great. He's, he's a solid, solid uh, choice to do a Batman book. It's, it's got a lot of grit. It's, it's got a lot of shadows. Um, the action looks well. It's clean. It's, it's clean. He does fight scenes very well. I like his, his, uh, his Batwoman actually yes, yes. a lot. Um, I think he does an emotion fairly well. Batwoman is, it looks like a badass everywhere she is. So again, another super solid book, another great start. Um, good to see a book that has a huge triple digit number on it. Again, not the only one this week, as we mentioned, uh, Superman action comics, nine We're almost at a thousand, almost at a thousand. That was one of the things they said when, when they did that, um, 
that announcement, they, they said, we're going to get to a thousand. We're actually going to have a book that has a thousand on it. Dan Jurgens is the writer. Patrick Zercher does the art. Uh, this is the book that deals with Super Lex. Yes. Lex Luthor believing that Superman is dead. The new 52 Superman, of course, being dead, has built his own super suit and is going to take over the protectorate of uh, Metropolis, saying that Metropolis needs a, needs a hero. needs a hero, and it's going to be him. Yeah, he's worked for the Justice League. He's he's a, a, a different Lex Luthor than we've had before. Uh, nefarious as always, but intentions unclear, especially with this. Yeah, and it, and it plays off of the. He's definitely the still New Fifty Two Luther in the chain, in the sense that he has been on the Justice League. Yes, as Johns did after the. Uh, um, what, what's the villain one? Forever Evil. Forever Evil, thank you. Uh, as he was a member of that, which was fascinating yes. and done. It really, really well done. Um, just got, just got some quick hits on here. Uh, we have a precedent of a book in, in terms of even action comics being a Lex-centric book when yes. Paul Cornell did it back in 900. Uh, the intro to Superman and Lois's son, Clark and Lois's son, John, handled really well as a character so. that, yeah, I don't know because I didn't read Superman, Lois, Lois and Clark. He's there. They kind of establish who he is, you know, how what well, kind of how old he is. Um, and also the fact that Clark is not looking to jump back into being Superman, right. but that he gets blown out. Yeah, it gets blown out the window very quickly. Um, I love bearded family Clark. Yeah. I thought it was kind of fascinating that you have a, a Clark in the new 52 who was skewered lo- younger, um, had that legacy and that family and those pieces taken away from him. Right. And as we get into the rebirth, pre-New 52 slash rebirth, Clark, you have a family man right. who's older, he's bearded, he's got a wife, he's got a kid. I I, I find that fascinating. I, I think Superman's one of those characters that I find him more fascinating with that type of family because his weakness isn't himself. His weakness is the people around him. It's the trials of Superman. Yeah, he can't help. Unlike Bruce, he can't help but be close to people. He doesn't want to push people away. Right. He wants the people in his life, and he believes that he can protect them, and he's Superman, so right. he should be able to. This is a version of Clark who had his parents well into middle age. Yes. Who is very much a guy who still has the small-town sensibilities, and I, I always I feel bad about joking about it, but the new 52 Superman is very much poochy. The Simpsons poochy. You mm-hmm. get to increase his cool factor by 30%, draw the big sunglasses on him. And then he just goes back to his he, home planet. He's I have attitude. to leave now. Do, 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 I, ha- I have to go now. I have to go now. My planet My needs attitude. me. Um, Patrick Zercher, guy who's been around for, for some time, talented artist. Nice, nice and clean. Very clean yeah. book. You know, there's no muddling. You know where the action is. Right. His fight, uh, his 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 confrontation. Let's put it that way. With Lex is handled really well. There's a great it's moment. Good with to see Maggie. the Daily Planet again. And then uh, there's a surprise character, which I'm not going to ruin in here. There's someone who shows up to uh, to witness this, and we don't. It's Jimmy Olsen, know. right? Yeah, it's he's Jimmy. live. It's Jimmy. Oh my gosh. And, and he's and he's he's not the character from the TV series. Um, so yeah, again, another great start. I, I have done. It's going to sound weird because, you know, we're doing this for Rebirth and we said we were just going to talk about the issues that we liked and we end up talking about all of them because there hasn't been an issue that I think any of us have actually really, really not enjoyed. When we had the new 52, I read, I think we figured out something like 47 or 48 of the 52 issues, you know, that between myself and and friends of mine that had picked up, I was able to read almost all of them. And there were a number of issues that were just, you know, I hate to say it was flat out bad, just issues that were not good at all and were two weeks out of four weeks in for this first month and we haven't run into any of them 
which is great because the other issue this week was Aquaman. Right, right. Aquaman, again, a story, uh, Dan Abnett doing the writing. It's very solid. Yeah, Scott Eaton and Oscar Jimenez doing the art, which I love, the, the art in the first couple of pages. Oh, the, art, the art's fantastic. Yeah. It's, the it's, story is interesting. Uh, for me personally, it was it was the slowest of the books, but that does not equal bad at all. I love the characterization. I love what they did with him and Mira. They do another restaurant scene. Uh, Jeff has made it's, that restaurant scene very popular. And it's it definitely, it, the, the whole thing feels like kind of coming back to that story that Jeff did with Aquaman number one and yes, the 52 yes. of the idea of uh, it's a character that the public in the universe doesn't take seriously as sort of a meta satire for the public outside of the universe. The reading public doesn't take him seriously either. They, they go very long, very into the fact that he does not talk to fish, right? That he actually is able to like commandeer fish, yeah, commandeer fish. Yes. Um, he's, and he's the king of the planet. He, he owns yeah, 97% you know, of the planet. There's a lot of cool, you know, it's, it's it sets up the Atlantis as the bad guys, the faction in Atlantis that wants to destroy the surface world. Right. There's prehistoric sea beasts in it that are yeah, really Mosasaurs cool. There's fights. Meryl looks gorgeous as always. Um, really, again, just a solid, solid book. Good. Uh, I like the dialogue in it, the internal dialogue as the uh, we, we have a a, um, a narrator through it that is revealed at the end. And I won't tell you who it is. We'll let you guys get to it. Um, but again, it, he, it's done in a way that really sets up who Arthur is, the struggles that he has in his his the, the way that he acts as a barrier. He tries to keep the, the surface world from destroying Atlantis and he's trying to keep Atlantis from destroying the surface world. Not an easy job and be a member of the Justice League and be a husband and a king and a king. That's the one. That's the other thing they focus on is that he's, yeah. he's a man of two worlds. He's and both, I love those those stories. Yeah, he's a child of the surface, but yeah. he's a child of, of Atlantis. I don't know if you ever read uh, the Peter David run. Oh, it's for, great. For, yeah, it's just fantastic because there's so much of that 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 kingship, that monarchy that uh, that's in there. I think that's makes an Aquaman book. Right. So fantastic. Um, Feels like it's bringing this. This is bringing yeah. it back. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, it does a great job explaining his position, his power, his dilemma, um, his, uh, and, and, and his fight, his, his struggle. So, again, another great book. So we have five books this week, five good books this week. Hopefully so far, we get a streak going. Yeah, so far, we're, we're, batting a, we're batting a thousand, and at the very least, I mean, there's one that we, ones that we like more than others, but all have been solid. Yes. I don't think anyone yes. would be disappointed. If you are a fan of these characters, I don't think there's been a take on that character that's going to make you go, oh, my God. Right. And again, go back to New 52. Huge Green Arrow fan. Did not like Green Arrow number one at all. Um, if you're a lapsed fan from pre-New 52, mm -hmm. these, uh, I said it on the first episode, these feel like characters that have, that the old friends are coming back. Yeah, especially if you're a Superman fan. If you're one of those people that's able to to say it loud and proud that you are a fan of Superman pre-New 52, he's not boring, he's not, he's impossible to write, nobody can write anything. If you were a fan of that Superman as I was, if you're uh, that the tried and true truth, justice in the American way, Superman, come back and read Superman in action. And I don't think you'll be disappointed. If you really loved those Batman stories that have all of the characters around him, that supporting staff, I think Detective will be a book for you. If you're an Aquaman fan, if right. you like if you like Jeff's run of Aquaman early, I think you're going to write Abnett's very run reminiscent as well. Of that. Yeah. And, and uh, Flash is really well done. It's been fantastic. So and Wonder Woman is wonderful. Wonder Woman is great. Like that's the book that I think we were, uh, we were most excited for, and does not disappoint. That's one of the weird that when you when you get a book that you're excited about. For me this week, um, 
both Wonder Woman and Detective Comics were two books that I were really excited to see. I loved the idea of that that bat team. As a, yes. you know, those are some of my favorite stories. So I was excited for both, and neither disappointed, which is high praise indeed for as much stuff as as many things as many entertainment options that you have that you get excited about that you uh, that you get disappointed in. So, do uh, you have anything else? No, no I that think, was I think it. The, so, yeah. the, we got a good week this week. I'm yeah, very happy. A good week. A good, nice, concise week. Um, so that will do it for this week. Remember, your DC Rebirth headquarters is Earth 2 Comics. Two locations, one in Sherman Oaks and one in Northridge, where we are here. Uh, we do have Facebook pages for both. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Earth 2 Comics, Earth 2 Comics Northridge. Those have locations, hours, uh, phone numbers. If you need to get in touch with us, if you want to call us and let us know what's still in stock, I'll give you a spoiler alert. All of it is still in stock here. Um, For my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we will talk to you next week. Ah!